Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double n. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 724 of the podcast and it is Saturday the 18th of November 2023 as I record this. In today's show, I'm talking about starting a second career as an author, an attitude of service first and networking tips with Patrick O'Donnell, who was a police officer and is now an author and a podcaster. So that's coming up in the interview section. So in publishing news, Spotify subscribers in the USA can now access 15 hours of free audiobooks as part of their subscription. And I've had this for, I guess, a month now here in the UK. And yes, you can get all my audiobooks as Joanna Penn and most of them as JF Penn, including books like Pilgrimage, How to Write a Novel, Your Author Business Plan, The Map Walker Trilogy and more. So you can check them out as part of your subscription. And of course, there are audiobooks by many other authors. And in fact, this has changed my audiobook listening behavior since uh, this got rolled out to me. I've been listening to podcasts in Spotify as well as music for years now, I guess. Uh, I moved over after I saw them in Frankfurt years ago and was just so impressed by by their AI algorithm and their discoverability. If you think about audio discoverability, it, it has been really hard. Um, it's getting a lot easier because of AI transcription and all that kind of thing. But my audiobook listening behavior has changed in that I listen to a lot of podcasts. If I hear someone I like talking about their book, I will open the Spotify app, go onto the audiobook tab, see if their audiobook's there. If it's in the premium catalogue, I click the plus sign, which adds it to my queue. And if it isn't, then I might go to Audible later and get it. But mainly, I just have a ton of audio now to listen to. So yeah, it's a very direct connection between podcast interviews and audiobook marketing. So I'm pretty interested in how this is going to shake out. Uh, even if you, you're like, yes, I would rather people buy audio direct. Yes, I would too. <laughs> but we have to meet people where they are. And maybe you're someone who listens to audiobooks through established apps. So basically, I have uh, Spotify for audiobooks, I have Audible for audiobooks, and I have the Book Funnel app for audiobooks as well, which if you have recently backed uh, the shadow book, writing the shadow, you may be listening to that on your book funnel app or if you buy audiobooks direct from me or other authors, you'll listen there. So I think like many other things, it's all splintering into meeting readers and listeners wherever they are and bringing them into our ecosystems and then having things we can offer as a more premium um, experience in other ways. So there we go. So in AI and futurist things, ChatGPT has now gone multimodal in that you can now upload images and ask it to describe them. Very useful if you're writing a scene, come up with plot ideas about what might happen there. You can also output images. For example, if you want to do a book cover, 
Ask it for a movie poster. This is a little trick. Don't ask it for a book cover. Ask it for a movie poster. Um, Don't add the title. Add that later in something like Canva. You can also now make a custom GPT for your own use or to share with others. So you can upload and fine tune the model specifically for your voice. (laughs) Lots of people using this to build uh, author world Bibles and a whole load of other things. I have built myself two already, which you can also use. So first of all, you can now get writing advice with the creative pen. Yes, you. <laughs> I have now built the Jobot. Yes, <laughs> you can go to thecreativepen.com forward slash Jobot. That's J-O-B-O-T, like robot, but with a J. <laughs> so you can go to the Jobot and you can ask it whatever you like around writing. And it should say should call you creative and it should talk about gin and tonics sometimes and black coffee and uh, some other things that I've talked to it about. I also trained it with my book so it should also be positive, upbeat and very nice to you. (laughs) So if you do have questions for me (laughs) and you know what I might say then try out the Jobot. I think it's only for ChatGPT Pro users, but you can give it a go. The um, It can give you pep talks, it has mindset stuff, all of that. Also, uh, I've made a write thrillers like JF Penn bot, <laughs> which I've trained with my thrillers, and I'm also using now for my own ChatGPT, and it's so much fun. You can check that out at jfpen.com forward slash AI, jfpen.com forward slash AI, and both of those will forward into ChatGPT, uh, and you can write thrillers like me, <laughs> uh, or of course, whatever you like, but it will, it, it might tend to go a bit dark in its writing. It will probably mention skeletons and bones and death and stuff like that, but hey, you know, have fun. And what we're going to find is a whole load more of these types of things. And no, I'm not worried at all about using this. Um, they also released a copyright protection thing as part of this release. Links in the show notes, but this is basically called ChatGPT GPTs. Uh, And these are two of my GPTs. And the idea being that you can build specific things with just normal language. You don't need to be a programmer. Just build it with, tell it what you want, and then kind of customize it. And uh, yeah, it's really a lot of fun. And I've been, and then it appears on your phone app if you've got the ChatGPT phone app. And I, uh, on the train yesterday, I'll come back to this in a minute but on the train I spent all day yesterday mostly on the train in various uh, ways and just planned out a whole load of stuff sort of collaborating with my own JF pen bot <laughs> so yeah I, I just I'm loving this I you know I love all this stuff I just think it is it is proceeding apace and I'm enjoying every step of the way at the moment So also my own use of AI is definitely changing as the tools develop. Uh, I am at some point planning to do a webinar, but we have some uh, private family issues going on right now, which are taking quite a lot of time and uh, brain space. And I also have a lot to do before the end of the year with my own work. Uh, I've got my 15 year pivot thing which I want to do. I want to do a generative search impact article on how SEO is going to change book discoverability. That's quite a a thing I've been sort of collating stuff on and I'm I'm going to get that out. But basically I have a lot to do. I also want to get out my short story. Um, 
lots of plans. So, but many of you keep asking me, when will you do another AI webinar? So I'm actually really thrilled that Joseph Michael is going to do a webinar for my audience on essentially how to use AI tools as a writer focused on chat GPT to unleash your creativity and be more productive. It will be on the 5th of December. If this is a free webinar and uh, Joe has has a course, reasonably priced course on using ChatGPT, but I, uh, you don't need to buy the course. You can come along to the free webinar and uh, get loads of ideas. I'm also excited because I think I learn from people like at um, 20 Books Vegas, which I'll talk about in a minute. I learned loads from other people. This is not something that you can know everything about. <laughs> So for me, I'm excited about this webinar too. I will be there uh, attending this. Joe will demo ChatGPT, including the best ways to use prompts, avoid common mistakes, and how to craft a piece of writing from scratch. And because I'll be there, I'll probably add some little comments. But uh, you can find out more at thecreativepen.com forward slash DEC5. So that's short for December the 5th. So DEC5 links in the show notes. Now, I have continued to share little tutorials on specific things on AI with my patrons at patreon.com forward slash the creative pen, but I haven't done a full end-to-end webinar since the summer. And yeah, so I'm I'm excited about this. So that's going to be 5th of December, 2023. It will be 3 p.m. US Eastern, 8 p.m. UK, or you can get the replay. So again, that's the creativepen.com forward slash DEC5, number five, DEC number five. Links in the show notes. Uh, Yes, and I am an affiliate of the course, but as I said, you don't need to buy anything. Come along, learn how to use ChatGPT if you're AI positive or AI curious. So in personal news, as I mentioned, I'm back from 20 Books Vegas. (laughs) Las Vegas being a crazy, crazy city, but it was excellent. And I'm also not sick which I'm thrilled about. I put that down to, I've been to Vegas before and got really sick and uh, got sick at the last convention I was at and generally was very worried about getting ill. So I put that down to buying a little portable humidifier, which I had in my room as well as a kettle. Uh, And in the past, in these very dry environments, I've ended up having nosebleeds and very dry eyes and generally losing all that protective mucus that we need to keep out the bugs. Um, So I was thrilled about that. Um, Plus, I didn't shake hands or hug anyone or at least anyone I could stop with my elbow bumping. (laughs) So apologies if I had to elbow you instead of shake your hand or have a hug. But it would have been many hundreds of people otherwise. So I'm really glad I did that. The conference was also excellent. Um, Thanks to all the patrons who showed up for the meetup one morning. There were around 60 or 70 of us in the end, which was amazing and quite unexpected. I actually thought it would be about 10 people, which teaches me that next time I need a bit of a sign-up sheet. (laughs) So if you came, thank you so much. I loved meeting so many of you and I am planning on doing it again next year and maybe at other conferences if we can. If you're interested in being part of that, again, that's in my Patreon community at, and I say Patreon and Patreon you know, mix them up at patreon.com forward slash the creative pen with a double N. 
So in terms of the conference, probably the most surprising thing was how much direct sales was a major focus. So I was on the high-powered author panel, which uh, was part of the opening of the conference, and every single person on the panel was doing direct sales, either you know, Shopify, Kickstarter, or WooCommerce, or Shopify, Kickstarter, subscriptions, all of that kind of thing. So I was very surprised at that. I kind of thought that it was still reasonably small. But 20 Books to 50K was originally all about Amazon KU plus ads, which is why I wasn't really part of it in the early days. I've always been about wide. Uh, I've never been about rapid release. Um, I was never about KU. But now it's very much a mature author industry conference. Most authors who are running or want to run a business are building direct sales through those various things. So I attended some great sessions on various aspects of that. I was also on some panels. I also attended lots on AI, which as I mentioned before, I'm learning from loads of other people about AI. I'm, I am incredibly curious and I try stuff out all the time, but this is something that is emerging. There is no one way to do this stuff. So it's sort of playing with it yourself or finding people who can show you different things. Um, So that's kind of interesting. What else? Uh, There was a bit of drama, I suppose one could call it drama, with some anti-AI opinions. But we are at the point of diverging once more in terms of use of technology and attitude to technology. Um, You will know which camp I'm in. And because you're listening, I'm assuming you're at least AI curious, (laughs) if not AI positive. So yes, I mean, and and again, you you can on one hand still have, you can hold these two opinions in your head. One, this stuff is dangerous. There are things to work out around copyright, around fairness, around usage, all of that kind of thing. You can still think that. And then on the other hand, you can get on with using it in various ways. These two things can be held together uh, in the same way that you can hold uh, different opinions on various political stuff going on in the world right now, which we don't discuss on this show. But yes, we don't have to be 100% one way or the other. You can move up and down the scale. But yes, so there was lots of AI at Uh, 20 Books Vegas. It was also a conference of endings and beginnings. So it was the last 20 Books Vegas conference, and that is a full stop. Uh, Craig Martell retired from running the show. Um, And in 2024, it will be Author Nation, which I think is a tremendous brand. Author Nation. Who doesn't want to be part of that? It will be run by Joe Solari, who's been on the show, and a new team of fantastic people, quite a lot of them, uh, who are going to make this a really good show. So you can sign up for the emails to learn more about it at authornation.live. The tickets will go on sale in January. I am certainly planning to be there and I will be having Joe Solari on the show to talk about it um, either before the end of the year or in early January. Now, I'm still processing much of what I attended. I have a lot of notes, but also a lot of my time was spent having conversations, a lot of them one-on-one. It was definitely, definitely worth the money, effort, time, energy, all of those things. It was well worth going for the business and the emotional elements and just the whole experience. It was pretty intense week, but yeah, I it was so worth it. 
And many times we don't know how these things are going to turn out. We can think that we're going for one thing and then it will turn out to be something completely different. And we might make friendships or relationships that take us into a new phase of our author life and our author business. So yeah, I had great time uh, one-on-one and in groups and I met uh, people I've worked with online and never met in person. I found new people, discovered new people I'm excited to get to know. And uh, yeah, so go to authornation.live to hear about next year. So that's 20 Books Vegas. I've also, I mentioned I've been on the train. I was yesterday, uh, I went to Peterborough here in the UK, which is, I had to take two trains, basically go into London, go on the tube, get another train. So I've been <laughs> Yesterday I was in a lot of trains and uh, it was a big, big day, but it was amazing. So I went to Peterborough, I went to the Book Vault printing factory and I signed over 400 gold foil hardbacks of writing The Shadow. Oh, it was amazing. And yes, my arm still aches. But it, it's such a privilege. I, I was saying, so Sasha Black, thanks to Sasha Black uh, from the Rebel Author Podcast, came also to help me. And thanks to Alex and Curtis from bookvault.app. Um, I was saying this is such a privilege to be able to sign these hardback books with lovely gold foil. There's black ribbon. Uh, oh, just I'm kind of getting chills just saying this out loud. There was a point in my author career where I could never have imagined doing this. And I've never done a book launch in real life. I've never done a book signing kind of with a whole load of other people. I've pretty much, this is it for me. And to do a Kickstarter and to be able to produce these beautiful books means so much to me. And I really hope that all of you who ordered those books uh, will be really happy with the books when they arrive. So I was also very grateful for the help doing it. So Alex and Curtis had got all the books in a room. I put some pictures on Instagram and Facebook at JF Pen Author and also the Creative Pen so you can see. But essentially they piled the books all up. Then we had a production line. Uh, I made some custom stickers for the Kickstarter, Sasha numbered them, Curtis stuck them in, I signed the books, Alex was like putting everything in the dispatch trolley and then towards the end when my arm basically was just struggling, Sasha was opening the books to the signing page and I was signing them and kind of passing them on and so we had a couple of hours of this sort of wonderful signing thing and if you're going to do a Kickstarter or any kind of thing where you do bulk sales and sign things, definitely get some help. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, if you back the campaign, all the unsigned books have already gone out. Now the signed books should all have gone out by by the time this um, airs. All the digital rewards have gone out. So if you back the campaign, you should have everything already. All the books will be with you in the next week or so, depending on where you are in the world. And of course, there are shipping delays, which have already started for Black Friday and Christmas and all that. I do have eight people whose address I still don't have, but out of 1,059 backers, that is really not too bad. And as I said, it's been a privilege and a joy to do this campaign and to connect with so many of you personally. I do have the Writing the Shadow sessions, the live sessions together, uh, which will be the first couple of weeks of December for those of you who backed at that level. And there are some one-on-one consulting things that I also have, but the rest of it is done. So the bulk of the Kickstarter is finished. Any issues uh, or if you haven't got your book by, I don't know, couple of weeks into December, please message me through Kickstarter or email me joanna at thecreativepen.com. 
So thanks for your emails and comments. As it's been a few weeks, I haven't caught up with everything and sorry about that, (laughs) but I really do appreciate them. So we're restarting from now. (laughs) So please leave a comment on the show notes at thecreativepen.com or on the YouTube channel or email me and send me pictures of where you're listening. Joanna at thecreativepen.com. I love to hear from you. It makes this more of a conversation. And I am pretty much done with social media. So uh, please don't message me on social media or send me anything on social media. I'm, I am pretty much done with it. I'll have more on that in the 15-year pivot episode coming up in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, you all understand how ridiculous social media is these days. And I think I can manage without it. <laughs> So I am still going to be sort of putting stuff out on things like Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, mainly those two. uh, But I don't look at the messages at all. So Joanna at thecreativepen.com. If there's anything I should know or you want to leave a comment, you can also do that. So this episode is sponsored by Kobo Writing Life, Kobo's free, fast and easy self-publishing platform. KWL was built for authors by authors and their team of dedicated book lovers is always working hard to help you reach new readers around the world. One easy way to reach a new audience on Kobo is through the non-exclusive subscription service Kobo Plus, which offers customers unlimited reading, listening or both. And you can find my audiobooks as well as my ebooks. Uh, most of them are on Kobo, in Kobo Plus, and as part of that. So, yes, as a KWL author, you can add your ebooks and audiobooks to Kobo Plus right in your account. There's no exclusivity. So, this is again one of these wonderful things you can be in while you still sell direct and do all the other things. There is no time limitation. You can add to all locations or select specific ones. Want to try out? to book in Kobo Plus in the US, but not in France, you can do that. This was created to give authors as much control as possible. If you're choosing to publish wide as an author, Kobo Plus is a great way to gain and build an audience and ultimately increase your author earnings. If you want to learn more about KWL and Kobo Plus, check out the Kobo Writing Life podcast, available wherever you're listening to this, and find them on social. Create your free account today at kobo.com forward slash writing life. And yes, Kobo remains part of my wide publishing ecosystem. And yes, I'm on Kobo Plus. So this type of corporate sponsorship pays for the hosting, transcription and editing. But my time is sponsored by my community at patreon.com forward slash the creative pen. As a patron, you get access to the monthly Q&A, which I just sent out for November. And it's over 50 minutes of an, basically an extra solo show of me answering loads of questions. And the backlist of many more Q&A episodes, as well as videos of behind the scenes on AI tools. Um, this week, I put out a video on how I built those custom GPTs, plus much more to come uh, as I turn my Patreon hub into a really useful resource for authors. It is now a monthly subscription, the equivalent of a black coffee a month or a flat white or two. As <laughs> the price has gone up for those. Um, so if you get value from the show and you want more, come on over and join more than 800 authors behind the scenes. Thanks to all patrons who've been supporting the show for years and months. Thanks also to new patrons. Uh, since the last time I read out some names, here are the new patrons. Kim, Zvika, Scott, Lauren, Sue, Naomi, Sherry, Luke, Patty, Katie, Jill, Haley, Gerard, Walter, 
Leanne, Natasha, Cara, Victoria and Ina. You are all fantastic and I hope that you're all getting a lot of benefit from the behind the scenes Patreon. You can join the community and receive lots of extra information and inspiration as well as supporting the show at patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the creative pen. Right, let's get on with the interview. Patrick O'Donnell is a retired police sergeant with 25 years experience. He's now the author of nine books, including Police Procedurals and the Cops and Writers Reference Guides, as well as a podcaster, screenwriting technical consultant and organiser of the Cop Camp Conference. So welcome back to the show, Patrick. Well, thank you so much, Joanna. It's an honour and privilege to be on your show. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk to you again. Now, you were last on the show in 2021, where we talked about your background in the police and also tips on writing authentic crime fiction. So we are not talking about that today. We're taking <laughs> okay, a different... Good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've done that already. And people sure. can come over to your uh, cops and writers for that. But your second career is really taking off. And, and I wanted to start with this because obviously you were a police sergeant, 25 years, and then in, you decided not to retire. You decided to really go for it in your second career. So I wonder, what are your tips for people who want to be writers after they've had such a significant first career in, in a different industry? Well, I'm a big fan of the saying, dig the well before you're thirsty. I had the luxury of knowing when I was going to retire from law enforcement. My first day in the police academy was January 16 in 1995, and I knew January 16 of 2000, I was eligible to retire. And I did. I knew that I was going to do that pretty fairly early on because I didn't get into the police academy and become a cop till I was 30, which is a little bit on the older side. And so you don't want to be too old doing police work. That's that's a young person's job. It's not an old guy like me job. And so I I knew that, and I absolutely loved law enforcement. I loved what I did. I loved where I worked. But I knew the time was coming. So it was looming on the horizon. So a few years before I knew I was going to leave, I was thinking about what I wanted to do or, what more importantly, what I didn't want to do. And law enforcement's very regimented, lots of rules, lots of SOPs and all that kind of good stuff. And I wanted freedom. I wanted freedom of work, freedom of when and where I work. With writing, there's still deadlines and there's things you have to do, but there's a lot more flexibility. And that had a huge appeal to me. So that was the precipitous of that. I, I really enjoyed that idea. So as far as learning, that's ongoing. I believe if you're a writer, you should be a reader and reading with purpose. So if you want to write sci-fi or post-apocalyptic, start reading some good books in that genre and you're starting to pick out tropes and how the author is doing what they're doing. And you can buy courses, books, listen to podcasts and get some mentors. A lot of it's on the job training. Hopefully the more books you write, the better you get. But I think one of the difficult things for people who are later on in life is this feeling of, I've just climbed this ladder and now you're telling me I've got to go to the bottom of the ladder and start again. Um, so how <laughs> how did you kind of get around that mindset of, oh my goodness, I'm starting again later in life? Is it too late, I think? No, never. I think... What I was thinking was, you know, it's like I was a boss. I was in charge of these like huge, complex crime scenes. 
lots of homicides, lots of shootings, lots of like serious stuff. That was one of the things about being a sergeant was I had to respond to shootings, homicides, sexual assaults, armed robberies, et cetera, et cetera, fire, dead body, whatever. And it was nice walking away from that and doing something completely different. That part I really, really enjoyed was, okay, now this is something completely different. It's almost like cleansing your palate. I truly enjoyed just walking away from <laughs> law enforcement. Like I said, I love the job and all that, but this had a lot of appeal to it. And you have to have the mindset of, okay, I'm starting over again. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm a rookie again. It's almost like being back in the police academy, if you want to look at it that way. From my point of view, looking through my lens, it's like, okay, I'm a rookie again. How did I learn when I first got on the job? Well, I had mentors that helped me along. So that was also a big part of it. I made relationships with authors that were a lot better at this than I am. And that helped out quite a bit. Yes, you have been very good on networking. I do want to comment there on mentors because I find that some people, like I I get emails all the time that say, will you be my mentor? <laughs> and <laughs> and you're laughing. Okay, so what, why are you laughing at that? <laughs> I'm laughing because I can only imagine how many you get because you are very popular. You're very most would say you're very successful. So I could see people who maybe not even know who you are all that well, or maybe not even have ever read one of your books or listened to your podcast. It's like, well, I'll get a mentor and then everything's going to be honky dory, but it mm. doesn't work that way. So how does it work? How would you go about it? Or how well, have you? Cause you've done very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The way I looked at things as far as like networking with other authors and getting mentors is being of service. And the way um, I can explain that is, okay, you know, I really got into 20 books to 50K. And I thought, well, there's a, I really enjoyed the idea of in, being in, in an indie author. And the people there were so nice and so ready to help you out. But I'd be of service. So the first 20 books to 50K conference, I've, I wanted to volunteer. I also wound up being an admin for the 20 books to 50K Facebook group. But I was volunteering with purpose. It's like, okay, what can I do to help somebody? So eventually I wound up going to different writers' conferences. And I'm still a rookie writer. And people would just start coming up to me and they're like, hey, you're that police guy, right? And I'm like, uh, I don't have a t-shirt on or a sign saying I am, but sure, why not? And inevitably, they would have a question for me. And I'm like, okay, so my specialty or niche was police stuff. So I'm considered an expert. When I testify in court, I'm an expert in police procedure, all that kind of good stuff. So a lot of, pe a lot of people had questions for me, but a lot of these authors were further along in their journey than I was. So I was able to give them something. And then it wasn't a huge ask if I had, hey, you know what? I'm kind of stuck on this whatever. Could you give me a hand? Now, I wouldn't just email somebody, any of these people, and say, could you be my like full-time mentor? That's a huge mm, ask. <laughs> That's a big, big ask. It's like almost asking somebody, hey, could you, that you don't even know, and say, hey, could you read my book and do a blurb for me? Yeah, it's like... Uh, I get a, those too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> but that's a big ask. And, you know, 
And relationships are two-way streets. It's like, what do you have to offer them? That's the way I looked at things, and that's the way I kind of conduct my business. Yeah, I love you said there, being of service and volunteering with purpose. And it's so interesting because it is the balance, isn't it? Because if you just volunteer and volunteer and volunteer and you never do the ask, so you do at some point, you know, either people will offer to help you or you get to ask because you have almost done your time. I guess you said about being a rookie in any career, you're not that useful at the beginning, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you, but you, you, know, you, you have might, to do your time. Right, but you might have something to offer somebody that's further along than you that others don't have. You might have some unique skill set. Or even, as you said, volunteering to help at things. Yeah. I mean, that's how I've met people. But also, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I certainly feel like if so many of us, I mean, for me, I've never had like a mentor so much in person, but I consider people mentors when I read their books right. or I listen to their podcasts, that kind of thing. Well, you know what? Your book, Audio for Authors, which if anybody's thinking about starting a podcast or being a guest, I highly suggest getting that book. I love audiobooks. So I bought the audiobook and then I liked it so much, I got the paperback and I got out my highlighter. And there's some gold nuggets in there. And I'm just like, oh, heck yeah. So you were a mentor to me as far as podcasting goes, and you never even knew it. Ah, oh, fantastic. That is how I like being a mentor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I'm so glad you found that book useful. It's so funny because I wrote that book, Audio for Authors, because my brother was starting a podcast and he literally sent me like a WhatsApp message which said, how do I start a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) And I looked at this message and went, oh, I wish I had a book I could give you. Hence, I wrote that book. But I'm glad it helped you. you Yeah, my brother did like three episodes and stopped. But so let's come back to your networking ability. So you volunteered with uh, things, um, but you've also... Uh, now you co-write with Michael Anderley and you co-host Writers Inc. with J.D. Barker, amongst other people. <laughs> These are some pretty big names in the industry. So how did you work your way up the network, basically? You know, it's interesting how all that happened. And a lot of it was through podcasting. I mean, you and I both know that it's hard to make money being a podcaster without any kind of plan, you know, to generate income from the podcast. And that could be another podcast altogether, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. But the way it worked for me was with Michael Anderley, I was friends with um, Craig Martell. And Michael is an introvert. He's a very quiet person that does not like a lot of attention drawn to him. And I had Craig on my podcast, I think one or two times. And I said, I'd love to have you and Michael on the show talking about the 20 books to 50 K Vegas. Um, conference and the other conferences that you do. And he says, you know what? I'll get him on. I'm like, thank you. So before I know it, we're just chit-chatting and Craig had to go, (laughs) he had to walk his dog. And Michael and I are just like looking at each other on the screen and we just started talking and we just clicked. It worked really well. And before I know it, it was like, Hey, let's write together. And it's like, okay, I didn't see that coming, but I'm like, okay, that sounds good. And we just wound up working together. But that never would have happened if I never volunteered, built up a relationship with Craig To be at first. He would come into Wisconsin from Alaska. He lives in Alaska, and he's coming to Wisconsin for a Dungeons & Dragons like conference. And I offered, you know what, let me take you out to dinner. Let's do this, let's do that. 
and you become friends. And I didn't do it with the hope that I'm going to get a whole bunch of stuff back. He's just a really nice guy. And I remember the first time I met him, I asked, but it wasn't out of the blue. He knew who I was. And it was almost like an Obi-Wan situation. It was like, what's the secret? I already had like maybe two books, three books written. And he just smiled at me and he's like, write the next book, Pat. I'm like, oh, okay. I was hoping for <laughs> something really cool, a lot cooler than that. And I'm like, all right, more work. Yeah. And he's a hundred percent right, of course. But that's how I got with Michael and his company was because I knew Craig. Same thing with JD mm-hmm. Barker. I was friends with Jay Thorne. And he was, him and Zach were the uh, co-host on Writer's Inc. And I said, you know what? I'd really like to interview JD. And he says, yeah, no problem. But we already knew each other. And I helped him out. He had like police questions about a book that he was writing. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be happy to help you. And so it wasn't a stranger just saying, hey, I want to interview JD Barker, like out of the blue. So... Mm -hmm. I developed that relationship, and so I interviewed him on my podcast, and JD started reaching out to me with police questions. Again, I had a little skill set that a lot of other people didn't have, and we developed this relationship, and JD and Zach left the show, and before I know it, now I'm a co-host on Writers, Inc., and none of this came cold. It was just, it built up through time, and again, putting yourself out there. Yeah, putting yourself out there, being useful and also being authentic. I want to come back to this sort of it clicked because this is important too, especially with like co-writing relationship, which is like a legal agreement that can go beyond your death. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. more serious than like your marriage ends in death. <laughs> so it's like, this is a big one. So this this idea of clicking, I mean, also you podcast too. There's some people you talk to and you're like, yeah, okay, I really got on with them and they were a good interview. And right. we had a chat off screen or off, off mic. Uh, other people... You just go, okay, I'm glad that's over. (laughs) You know what I mean? Hopefully it's not with me today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, you've been on the show before. And so, and also I know all this other stuff you do. So I, I know I can trust you to come on the show. And this is another thing about sort of proving who you are. If you have a platform, like you've built different websites, I can listen to your voice on things. So it's almost like if you pitch people and you don't know them, you need to have other evidence that you mm. are, you can be trusted almost, you know what I mean? That personal right. introduction is good. But talk a bit more about the the clicking with people. Like, how do you know that you could work with someone? And how we, how, how do you know when you're going to be able to develop a relationship? Yeah, when it comes to writing, the way I looked at it, is, I'll use Michael as an example, we just started talking. And he has LMBPN, him and his wife are running that whole show. They're the big wigs. And they're known for sci-fi and post-apocalyptic fantasy, space marines, those genres. That's what he's leaned into very heavily. And he wanted to reach out into crime drama, crime fiction. And he's very honest. Again, being a cop for a long time, I'm fairly good at reading people. And he was what struck me was he was a very honest person and he was very genuine. He's like, I don't know anything. Well, I know very little about like crime fiction. I don't know police stuff, et cetera. And we just started talking. And before you know it, it's like, okay, 
I could work with this guy. I, I think this would be a good thing. But you should, if you're going to be writing with somebody, if we want to get it, go down that path, you have to have some very clear expectations, I think, of who's doing what and leaning into the person's strengths and weaknesses. It's like, okay, obviously I have the police background. I've written books, but I haven't written you know, millions of words like Michael Anderley has. So he knows the nuts and bolts of publishing a lot better than I do. So if you're looking for a relationship, try and find something as far as clicking is like maybe not where you're both at the same level with the same skill sets. Maybe you can both bring different stuff to the table and mash it all together and hopefully come out with a decent book. So... Tell us a bit more about that, because I've co-written a few books. I find it quite difficult, I think, because I'm such a control freak. And I think with <laughs> co-writing, you do need to sometimes let your own ego uh, lie in order to actually yes. co-write with someone else. So how, how has this worked for you as someone who you've written your other stuff? And so what are the sort of the pros and cons and, and how are you dealing with that co-writing? Well, most of it has been pros. LMVPN is a well-oiled machine. But it's not for rookies. If I had never written a book, it would be like drinking from a fire hose. I'd be like, wow, what? There's a lot of stuff going on, and it's very fast-paced. We definitely had a marketing plan for the books, and it's not like, well, we'll just write these books, and when we get them done, we get them done. It's like, no, we had very clear-cut deadlines, and I had to meet those deadlines. So when you're just kind of writing on your own, there's deadlines, but they're a lot more flexible. But with this, there's proofreaders, there's editors, there's cover designers. There's a whole bunch of different people in this ecosystem. And if you slow things up, then everything else gets screwed up. So there's some pressure on you that way. So you want to keep everything moving along. But it's awesome to work with pros. You know, I think you up your game when you work with somebody that's better than you. And obviously, Michael is better than me when it comes to this stuff. So you definitely up your game. And you, I think it makes you a better writer. So that's what I did. And it was awesome to work with these pros that, you know, it's like, okay, cover designer. You know, it's like, hey, here's some covers. What do you think? What's your input? Through every step of the way, they were always asking, was like, what do you think? What do you think? And that was something I was a little worried about because... I've talked to people who have traditional publishing deals and they're like, there's your cover and you have zero input on it. And it's like, oh, okay. So this was a lot more of a partnership. So that was really cool. And doing Zooms with Michael was really cool. I'm, I'm talking to somebody who sold millions of books and I'm on a Zoom call with him. And it was nice when, I mean, you've written tons of books, Joanna. And sometimes it is nice to bounce story ideas or it's like, hey, this is what's going on with the story right now. What do you think? It's so nice to talk to a person about that. So that's probably one of my favorite parts about writing with Michael. So how are you going to balance things going forward for your creative self? Because obviously, I mean, Michael, though he it was an indie author i i mean he now is part of a massive empire and it is like a, a publishing house it's it's bigger than it most is. publishing houses lmb right. so you're writing in a universe and and a series that it belongs to lmbpn you're learning a lot obviously but how are you going to balance your own writing with the series you do with them 
Well, you know, funny you should mention that because I told Michael I had another idea for a book and he wasn't interested. And I'm like, well, I'm going to write it. And he said, cool. So I have taken a slight break from writing with Michael. I mean, I I know I'm going to wind up writing a few more books with him in 2024. And I already started another of one of my own series. So that's how you kind of do the balance. It's like, I'm completely transparent. Be transparent with your business partner. It's like, hey, you know what? This is going along great. Maybe it's not going along great. Maybe it's not working, whatever. For us, I think it's going along great. But sometimes you just kind of have to do your own thing too. So that's what I'm doing. And actually, you mentioned in your email pitch that the writing has brought back some personal memories. And I mean, you mentioned earlier the crime scenes uh, that were quite harrowing at times in your career. So I wondered how has this helped you or has it hurt you? And where is the line (laughs) between writing entertainment and writing for therapy? Well, about 10 years ago, I went through a messy divorce. So I wrote a book from the perspective of a father with kids going through a divorce. And I did it because I wanted to help other dads that were in my situation. But I didn't know a whole lot about writing at the time. And I wrote it under a pen name. So when you're a police officer, any kind of off-duty employment, you have to have cleared through them. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to skip that part. So I wrote under pen names while I was still working. Or if I was close to retirement, I didn't care. Because it would take them about a year to figure out if I was doing it or not. So... I wanted to help, like I said, I wanted to help other dads that were going through that. And writing that book was very therapeutic for me, just getting on paper. And it wasn't full of like vinegar and venom and, you know, hate. It was just, okay, these are some best practices for you to do if you're going through something like this. So so it was very therapeutic for me to write that book. Well, fast forward, and I started writing the Bruce City Blues books with Michael And boy, that brought back some memories. I didn't think it would be as intense as it was. When I was working and I was going through my divorce, we, I went to a marriage therapist and on a side note, she's like, well, you know, you got PTSD pretty bad. And I'm like, I do. I didn't realize that. Okay. And she was very helpful. And most of us do have it to a certain degree. Now I'm writing this, this series again, and I'm reliving all these situations And I thought I was okay. Every now and then, a memory would kind of flash back in front of me. Nothing too awful bad, but nightmares were really bad. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, just scream. My wife is looking at me like, are you okay? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm fine again. But I had that when I was on the job, and I knew now, I know now that, you know what, you get through it. And that's what happened with me with what happened with writing these books again and reliving these situations. It's like, okay, you got through it. You're still here. You're in one piece. You're, you're okay. So it's, and it's not all doom and gloom. Some of the memories were downright hilarious. So it's taking the good with the bad. And that was just one part of it. And writing the books, I think, was helpful. But it also brought back some pretty icky memories. So something for some people to consider. I mean, it's always hard to know where the line is. And I mean, in my book, Writing the Shadow, I talk about this. And I feel like the, the only you can know, only you know whether you can deal with this yes. or not. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. You're the best judge of you, yeah. right? 
Exactly. And some people will be like, oh, no, you should never write about that because you'll have your nightmares. And it's like, well, yes, but I'm still going to do it anyway. And I'm willing to do that. And I mean, it would hurt some people more, but other people less. I mean, it's just so hard to know, isn't it? I think you have to kind of know where the line is. And if it's debilitating and you can't go on with your like normal day, or you can't go, you can't write anymore, or you can't work, or your relationships are suffering. Well, maybe it's time to pump the brakes on it. It's like, okay, you've reached that line, but it never got that bad for me at all. And are you writing some kind of like uh, light and fluffy something for your other books, or are you still in the, in the <laughs> Actually, kind it's of mystery? Actually, it's really dark. Uh, it's going to be called The Good Collar. It's going to be about, it's going to be a series with a vigilante police chaplain. Oh, nice. So <laughs> if you, did you ever watch Dexter? I watched some of it. It wasn't my thing, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very much like Dexter, where everybody trusts this guy and nobody would suspect him of being a vigilante killer. He writes all the wrongs. Ah, Right. So it's a justice. It's the vigilante mm-hmm. justice Correct. tropes. No, that, that sounds good. So talking about being authentic and showing our true selves, and I talk a lot about doubling down on being human on this show and in-person, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in-person Human is good, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, in-person conferences can be a big part of this being human. You mentioned 20 Books Vegas earlier, and you hosted this COP camp earlier in 2023. So first of all, tell us, like, what is Cop Camp? Why did you do it? And what were some of the highlights? Because it sounds pretty awesome. Well, my partner in this endeavor is RJ Beam, who is also a writer, and he's an instructor at the Police Academy in Appleton, Wisconsin. He cold emailed me. He never talked to me before. <laughs> he just cold emailed me. He's like, hey, would you be interested in doing a small like writer's retreat at the Police Academy here on up in the Fox Valley in Appleton? I'm like, Hell yeah. I jumped all over that. And I'm like, because in the back of my mind, you know, I'm going to these conferences and I thought to myself, you know, I think I could do that. And this would be a fun way to, again, be of service to the writing community. So Cop Camp was born and it was four days of a combination of classroom instruction and hands-on instruction. Just some examples of stuff we had. We had a canine and his handler come talk to the class. The dog did not talk, but he almost did. He's very, very smart. <laughs> CSI people came, and they showed you how to you know, process a crime scene using like trajectory rods. Like if there's a bullet hole in something, you could put this trajectory rod with a laser. It'll show you like where the, most likely where the shot came from, that kind of stuff, fingerprints, DNA, processing, just like regular items. We had people leave fingerprints on stuff, and they dusted for their own prints. It showed exactly how we do something at a crime scene. We had a CSI tech. that That's her job. That's what she does. That's her full-time job, and she came out and did this for us. And we also had Honoré Corder and Michael Anderley come. So I, I wanted the book stuff in there as well, talk about publishing and book writing and marketing. We also had Annie Schwartz. She's a Pulitzer Prize nominee and the author of Monster, talking about serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. She broke the story when she was a rookie reporter back in the day, and she was actually in Dahmer's apartment when they first discovered the crime scene. 
Oh, goodness. Yeah. I also had a DA come in and explain how they process criminal charges and what's all involved with that. Adam Richard from the Writers Detective Bureau, he was there. He gave a class on what a detective does at investigations. I had John Norris come. He was a he's a retired lieutenant from the California um, Game Warden, and he had a strike team fighting illegal marijuana grows out in these state parks that were just killing the environment because they're stealing like thousands of gallons of water, using banned pesticides, all all kinds of cool stuff. And we had students towards the end process a mock homicide scene. So we had like mannequins that were like the dead bodies and evidence all over the place. And, oh, they just loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah, I mean, this is what's so fun. It sounds really fun. And I, I know people are listening like, ooh, that sounds really, really good. But we'll tell people where to find out more later. But I'm so interested in this because you just said four days. And mm-hmm. I know you had someone that you're working with. But organizing these things is so much work and often leaves people out of pocket. So the question really is about... Why the hell organize a conference and what have you learned from this? Oh, boy. Yeah, I learned a lot. RJ and I, it was a learning experience. And the first one you do, you're probably going to lose money. So you have Mm. to find out what your pain point is. If you're going to run a conference, I say under promise and over deliver. What made me the happiest about our conference was people were walking away. It's like, I can't believe how generous you guys were. I can't believe, you know, we got all this stuff. And it wasn't like physical stuff, even though we did give them swag. Michael was very generous. He bought them uh, memberships for different organizations, etc. He was there through the whole thing. Michael wasn't just there for one day. He was there for the whole thing. And it was just so much fun having him there as well. Again, picking how often do you sit next to somebody that sells millions of books? Mm-hmm. Most of the writers that I had at this conference I think the most that anybody had written was like maybe five or 10 books. And some of them hadn't written any books, which is fine. That's great. So I think you have to have an idea of why you're doing this and what's your why. And it's like, do you want to make mountains of cash or you just want to have a small, intimate writer's retreat? What I did, I reached out to people that have already done it and are good at it. Craig Martell and Cecilia Mecca were my two conference mentors. Because I know they both do it, and they do it very well. So they gave me some best practices, and Craig actually like printed out a spreadsheet for me. It's like, okay, this is what you do at this time. One of the things I will suggest to people if they want to do this, start out small and start it simple. You can always build up later. And it is nice to have a partner to lean on at what they're good at. I got the speaker's negotiated the prices at the hotel. RJ already had a caterer that they worked with at the police academy. So we had that handled. He had the contacts at the local police department. So he was able to get the dog. He was able to get the CSI tech, et cetera, et cetera. So again, you're probably going to lose money the first time you do it. Plan on that. Know what your pain point is and don't go over that. And it's a learning experience. But cut yourself some slack. It's not going to be perfect. At first, you get better. Like anything else, the more reps, hopefully the better you get at it. And it was just so much fun. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways I had from it was you make more relationships with people. And it was genuinely a good time. And you knew when they walked away that they had learned quite a bit that they didn't know before. 
So are you an extrovert? I mean, you can deal with people oh, all yeah. the time. You bet. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like, I could not do that. I just could not. And um, just energy-wise, like, I'm coming to 20 Books Vegas. In fact, by this, this will go out after Vegas. So right. we will have done it by then. Okay. So maybe I'll put in the introduction what's going on. But I cancelled my ticket last year because I was like, I just can't do it. And I've got plans yeah. to make sure I manage my energy. So if people are introverts and they're thinking about attending any of these conferences, not even necessarily organising one, but just attending. So how do you allow for people's different energies in a particularly an author conference? Know yourself. I mean, like what you were saying, you're an introvert and you know how much you can handle. I can handle a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I if you're going to be the host or a co-host of something like this, I was going from seven o'clock in the morning sometimes to 11, 12 o'clock at night. And mm. I fed off the energy of everybody. It went really well. But one of the things I want to make sure everybody was safe and the airport was five minutes away from the hotel and everybody's flights got delayed. <laughs> so I'm picking up people, you know, left and right, you know, at different times, just orchestrating everything. But again, if you're just attending a conference or if you're going to be running one, you have to have that energy. And that's also when you lean on your friends. If somebody's going to volunteer, okay, maybe it's time to divide and conquer. I was lucky enough to have a partner in this endeavor so we could split the work and that that worked out really well but if you're a, a one man or a one person band that that's a little bit tougher but as far as say 20 books there's so much stuff going on there yeah i mean i think there's like 120 presentations maybe more and when you here's my two cents if you're an introvert this is what you do take a look and see what interests you and pick out like maybe four or five presentations don't try to go to every one of them you're gonna burn yourself out you're you're gonna go banana cakes yeah you don't want to do that pick out what you think is interesting i know you have a couple of things you're going to be speaking at it's like okay cool i, I want to hear what joanna has to say plan it a little bit ahead of time but also go with the flow it's like okay i really wanted to go to that one whatever but i have these three writers that i just met they want to have lunch at the casino, and I might get a little more out of that because they're a little further ahead in their writing journey and their careers. So be flexible, be Gumby, <laughs> be flexible like Gumby. Give yourself some time, cut yourself some slack. It can be overwhelming, but you can do it and have fun with it. Genuinely mm -hmm. have fun with it. Yeah, and that's sort of circling back to the beginning. I mean, this is how you make relationships. And even as an introvert, <laughs> I know how important these things are to connect with people, reconnect with people, just meet people in real life like you and I haven't met in real life. So we will. And well, we will have by the time <laughs> this goes out. <laughs> and, and that's, it's important. We are actually real people. And it does make Correct. a difference, I think, to meet people. But I, I wanted to ask you just before we finish, but I, I know at the beginning of my career, it, I said yes to everything. And then <laughs> I, it got to a point where I was like, I have to start saying no to things because I am really very, very busy and I need to concentrate on certain things. Now, you seem to be saying yes to absolutely everything. So I wondered <laughs> what your plans are, because like you said, I mean, cop camp, 
is a sort of ongoing thing. You've got various series. You've got other stuff going on. So what what are your thoughts and plans around your author business? Well, I'm at the point now where I'm leaning more into the fiction side of things. I'm having a lot of fun writing stories. I'm not saying that I'll never write another nonfiction book, but for now, I'm enjoying writing fiction. I have the four books that we already wrote with Michael, and I started the Good Collar series already. I'm about eh, 30 40% done with that for the first book. But I'm also having fun with the podcast. And every now and then I think to myself, it's like, ah, I'm just going to stop doing that. Then I think of a guest or I hear them on another podcast. I'm like, oh, my God, I'd love to talk to that person. So <laughs> I do that. And like you said, the preliminary stuff for Cop Camp 24 is pretty much done. That's going to be May 16th through the 19th here in Wisconsin. And I also guest lecture at colleges, you know, talking to future cops. And I think that's very important. I can help them a little bit. I wish I had that when I was sitting in a classroom, when I was in my like early 20s. That would have been nice. But saying no is tough for me. And I have had to learn to do it. And I have to thank you. And we were talking about it the last time we talked. I was doing consultations with authors. I was reading their manuscripts and picking them apart with police procedure and the ROA, the ROI just wasn't there. It was minuscule. And it took up a ton of my time. So as tough as it is, sometimes I have to say no to authors. And that's tough. Yeah, I mean, definitely that sort of one-on-one is difficult. I'm now only doing sort of the one-on-one consulting with my Kickstarters. I've decided that's basically when I sell consulting and it sells out super fast. So I, f- right. I figure that's a, a good way to do it. But it is important for us all life is short you know you have to figure out what you want to achieve and I guess that would be my last question too are you ever retiring Patrick or is this your (laughs) retirement (laughs) (laughs) I'm never gonna retire retire my wife just laughs at me she's like you're busier now than you when you were working as a cop and I'm like I was used to when I was working as a cop I was used to minimum like nine to ten hour days that was minimum and those that I was I felt lucky But it's like, okay, every day when I got home from work, I'd go work out. But I'd always find time to write or do something with my author business. And if you want to find the time, you'll find it. Yeah, it's true. Right. So where can people find you and your books and Cop Camp online? (laughs) Well, copsandwriters.com has links to my socials. That's my website. Uh, Facebook group, Cops and Writers, that has about 6,500 members. That has writers and cops literally from all over the world. I've been, you know, it started out with me and my editor and like one of my buddies. And now I've got 6,500 people there. I'm like, wow, that blew up fast. The uh, Cops and Writers podcast, that's on wherever you consume your uh, podcast. Yes. So you can get me there. And then Cop Camp for 2024, that's going to be sleuthsandstorytellers.com forward slash Cop Camp. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for your time, Patrick. That was great. Joanna, thank you. And again, it was an honor to be on the show. With the heavy hitters that you've had on here before, I am very humbled. Thank you so much. So I hope you found the interview with Patrick interesting and that it inspired you, wherever you are in your author journey, that it's not too late to start whatever you want to start. And it's certainly not too late to build relationships in the community. 
So next week, I have a discussion with Michael Evans from Ream about subscriptions and the creator economy, another variation on the theme of selling direct, particularly around fiction subscriptions, but we also talk about nonfiction. Also, remember, if you're AI positive or AI curious, come and join me and Joseph Michael for a free AI writing webinar on ChatGPT. Join us live or get the replay. All the details at thecreativepen.com forward slash DEC5. That's short for the 5th of December. So DEC5, the number five. Links in the notes. In the meantime, happy writing and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time.